Blog Talk Radio. Radio.com and you have the ability to listen in um, on our studio line at 347-826-7520. And if you're online, you also can come right to blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio. So welcome everyone. Tonight's show, a student perspective on studying abroad, international business and technology. And tonight I think it's going to be a great panel of discussion. Um, as a host, Sunny. I'm always excited to have uh, this opportunity to be on air and be on air live. And I have some really great special guests tonight. I want to introduce them, and they should all be live and available online with us now. Um, just recently, uh, for those who may not know this, I'm actually uh, a, a graduate student currently enrolled at the uh, DeVry Keller Graduate School of Management. And I'm currently in the, my master's, second master's program of uh, MBA, and I'm actually doing a concentration in marketing. And I just returned from a fantastic trip, um, an international study abroad in the countries of Europe, of Germany and France. And um, first time I ever had an opportunity like this, and I'm so glad that I took this opportunity to do this um, five, <clears throat> five weeks pretty much of um, studying with a diverse group of people who I never met until we actually got to the airport and met each other and arrived in France. And uh, well, let me step back. We arrived in Switzerland, in Zurich, and commuted to France, where we actually resided for four weeks and had an opportunity to meet different people in, in business and government. And it was an exciting time. And I want to definitely, I'm not going to be the only voice tonight, so I want to introduce my special guests that are on air with us tonight, uh, which will be number one, Tracy Ann Williams, who lives in New York City. Uh, I'm going to allow them to all tell them, tell them, tell us a little bit about themselves on air tonight, as well as Delisa Harris, uh, who lives in the Massachusetts area, and Sadu Bokum, who is also one of my uh, Georgian uh, connects. Find out that he actually is here right in the Metro Atlanta area, as well as myself. And they're on air with us tonight. Welcome, everyone, to Live Off Radio. You guys, everybody's here, and everybody can hear very well? Yes. Yes. Awesome, awesome. So tonight, guys, um, we get an opportunity to talk in, you know, in an in a in-depth um, opportunity as students. And, look, I want to say hello to everybody. I haven't really talked to everyone since we returned. How is everybody doing outside of the jet lag? <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I mean, I'm oh, doing I'm all right. Good. I'm trying to get back to work. I started work on Wednesday, and I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm tired as ever, but okay. I think I think I'm all right. Well, I'm just getting over the hanging school. in there. Oh gosh. Yes, and <laughs> quiet. You there, Sadu? Yeah, me. I'm okay. I already start working. Everything is fine for me. Everything's fine for you. So I think like yeah, I, uh, yeah, three out of the four of us has had some kind of effect from coming through climate. I, I, I too have. Uh, I'm still battling sinus and uh, sinus and allergy uh, issues. So I'm glad to have each and every one of you guys on air tonight. And um, I'm going to tell you something. It's incredible to, I, I suggest, and this is my own perspective, but I suggest anyone, if you have an opportunity to do something like this, that you really should. It takes you out your comfort zone. Um, I had the joy of meeting 14 fantastic people from all over the world. Um, you know, everyone domestically lives in the U.S., but not everyone is from the U.S. So I want to give each and every one of you guys an opportunity to, you know, to tell us about yourself, where you're from, what your um, your study and, and um, what your concentration is in school, and then we'll kind of just start dive into our topic. So Tracy, if you will, would you start out first? Tell us about you and where you're from and what you're doing and who you are. And... Okay. Well, my name is Tracy. I live in the New York City metro area. Um, yes. I have an undergraduate degree in biology, but I decided to make the switch to project management, and I'm getting my MBA uh, with a concentration in project management from Keller Graduate School of Management. And, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I love it. I love it. Um, Delisa, please share with us my, my, my gentle little Caribbean queen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my name is Delisa Harris. I'm originally from the Caribbean islands of Trinkets and Nevis, but I'm currently residing in Massachusetts, and I'm doing my undergrad in computer information systems with a concentration in computer forensics. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> she is such a hacker. So if you ain't figured that out, let me give you the short tweet. She's a hacker. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't let them I love know. it. <laughs> I know, right? Stay, stay mm -hmm. undercover. So, Sadu, our our our, um, our male counterpart for the evening, would you please mm -hmm. bless us with who you are and where you're from there? Okay, my name is Sadu Bokum. I'm originally from Africa, West Africa, Senegal. I live in Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, and I'm doing like a bachelor about business administration, concentration, business intelligence, and data mining. I love to hear Sadie say that. Data mining. <laughs> oh my gosh. So guys, um, you know, it's it, I, I have to tell the audiences that, you know, it's amazing to travel, you know, clearly thousands of miles away from your home to have an opportunity to meet, you know, um, wonderful people like yourselves and to learn to adjust um, when it comes to living um, with other people, interacting, uh, traveling with someone else, depending on others uh, from an educational and academia perspective, as well as relying on each other. You know, you really have to ramp up a trust factor in a very small period of time. And um, each one of these guys that are on the line with us tonight are just wonderful. They're so unique and you know, I think that um, as we talk about our main topic tonight, you'll get an opportunity to hear the different perspectives from their own um, viewpoints of what they experienced. So, um, you know, uh, Tracy, if you would, you could, you know, feel free to elaborate on, um, you know, what we're going to really kind of hone in on in regards to this actual topic tonight about studying abroad and international business and technology and um, we'll actually, um, once you kind of highlight what's bringing us to this topic, we'll start with Sadu, um, uh -huh. with his, his communication, you know, him talking about his particular topic. But Tracy, if you would kind of give a rundown of what our experience was and okay. um, what's what got us to this point tonight. Okay. So as you know, we are students on this international business uh, class studying abroad in France and Germany. And we had the wonderful opportunity of attending 
a whole bunch of different um, seminars, lectures, presentations from different businesses and organizations in France and Germany. So as American study abroad students, we're used to a certain um, presentation style, if you may, when we're learning about things. And we notice a, a bunch of differences, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, the presentation styles of the European classroom setting. And then sure. after that, we'll talk about the differences between the French and the German and how they do things. Absolutely. Awesome. And I'm going to make a correction. I actually said communication. Say do. Um, we're yep. going to pretty much talk about three main things that uh, we saw in our experiences during the times we had opportunities to network with these different agencies like Tracy just elaborated on. And Sadie was going to talk about technology. Delisa will elaborate on communication. And Tracy will kind of talk about hospitality and how all of these things uh, in our experience uh, occurred uh, with our study abroad experience. So, um, Sadie, if you will, um, just kind of introduce your topic of discussion with as far as the technology perspective. Okay, the forum is like a, the U.S. is like a advanced in, around the world because everything in the U.S. is like, I'm going to tell you, the top of the line. And when you go to France and Germany, the way they handle the PowerPoint is really, really, really different the way they handle it in the U.S. They don't have no presentation skill. And as a U.S. student, you have a problem to to focus on how they they do the thing. You have a lot of problems when they put the PowerPoint, how to elaborate in the PowerPoint. Basic thing in US is a big thing over there. Yes. That was the main so, problem. Absolutely. Um, Sadie, for, and, and you're in data mining, so you deal with a lot of technical aspects. So from your perspective, yeah. Um, you know, guys, as a group, we were sitting amongst um, different, you know, different parties of people uh, mm -hmm. from, te you know, from technology to um, government. Uh, you know, they, they, they all had vast differences of background with their business and, you know, with the, mm -hmm. with the uh, company made, you know, was made up mm -hmm. of. So from your perspective, and then this was, it started to become a joke because our professor, Dr. Faulkner, yeah. He started making an indication of how almost every single presentation, the PowerPoint mm -hmm. uh, became almost a butt of a joke that literally we could pretty much 99% estimate that as soon as the, the, the PowerPoint came up, we were going to have some kind of delay. So what do yeah. you think <laughs> was probably the biggest curve of issues that when it came to the PowerPoint and them getting it set up? Because I remember one, one particular presentation, you had to help somebody out. So, yeah. what do you think? The problem is they're supposed to have the, they don't have the enough training. And second of all, they need upgrade. Because they're using like a Windows uh, XP. Sometimes what they use, it was not like a, the, 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 the last update from Windows. They have all this kind of problems. And they need training how to use powerpoint right and how to do so, presentation exactly so do you think that in a sense do you think that maybe they lacked like they had not really been given presentations of that format uh, maybe it's the, the way they do it over there but uh, that's what i think that's the way they do it over there maybe it's different the way we do it in yours okay that's what i think maybe the point is like the way they do it it's very slow, and the technology is not like the way it's in the U.S. I don't know. Maybe may, I think that the principal issue, the issue is that issue about presentation about PowerPoint, how to do a PowerPoint presentation. Okay. Can I Jalisa, what do you? What is your take? On, yeah, I was going to say anybody chime in on that. What do you think that, from your perspective, that you saw? Um, this is Tracy. I think that I agree with Sadu. A lot of the issues are due to the user inexperience and just not knowing how to use the program. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes the presentation it was like it was like a simple presentation, 
even though the application mm-hmm. wasn't as outdated as other presentations, they still didn't know how to do basic things. Like you mentioned, Sunny, they do had to help the lady stop the PowerPoint from going from what do you call it? Um, she needed so much help. She even called her technical person. He came in and couldn't fix it. And it was like the simplest thing. And the same thing went for another example is when we went to the chamber. Was it the chamber of commerce? Yes. Yes. The chamber of yes. commerce too. Yes. They had so mm-hmm. much issues and it was, it was the weirdest thing. Like why, why can't y'all get y'all life together to get this presentation going? So, okay. yeah, if it wasn't the application, it was the user. If it wasn't the user, it was the outdated application. Okay. Delisa, what do you think? And, and let me put this and let me just say, and we'll, we'll close out with Delisa on, on her comment, but is it a possibility, um, from my viewpoint, just because of the continuity of that situation seeming to be reoccurring, it started to feel like, it felt like it seemed like they were doing something that they felt that we would conform to and relate to, but they weren't exercising and using on a day-to-day basis. So it appeared that they were trying to present something that would, you know, communicate to us. Um, from the, it, it felt almost not as per. It didn't feel as personal, even though it was a person physically standing in front of us. Instead of them just talking or um, maybe providing some case studies or real-life circumstances or situations, it was more, you know, let me just prepare, put this on, you know, in a, in a, in a slide, and then um, share that with the group. But it did not, they didn't look comfortable. Like, it wasn't something that they were doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, Lisa, I know what you're saying. I think it's that. I think they were trying to more, trying to get to us as an audience, thinking that we use a lot of PowerPoints in our businesses, so we would understand right. if they did a simple PowerPoint, but say technical issues, we couldn't get past that. They didn't have the communications, the communicative skills to do the PowerPoints. They had to work on that. Yes, absolutely. Our, our, so you, you kind of had the same testament that I had in that sense. Yes. Okay, I, I agree totally. I, I just feel like <clears throat> the one thing, and, and you guys may can chime in on this as we wrap this first topic up, but the one thing that I've always, as a student, especially if I'm physically in a classroom and I'm standing or sitting in front of you, I prefer to have a more direct engagement with you versus you putting something on the board that I can already read myself. And then we got you rereading what you're already placing in front of us. That's just my own personal perspective. And it just does not seem as interactive as it would be um, that, you know, let me tell you about the situation, you know, and, and this is what we did. This is how we, we had this issue. This is how we overcame it. And then maybe put up some statistics of where my, maybe, you know, my company or my group was at this point, and then we reached this point, and this is how we were able to excel beyond that. Then I think it's more important for slides or PowerPoint or something like that to be a part of the presentation. So that's my chime on that. So we can go ahead and move on to the have, next thing. Oh, before you move yes. on to the next thing, I want to ahead. say something. This is Tracy sure. again. The, the Lisa talks, me and Delissa talked to professors, and, um, you know, that guy, George, he came in and he made a really good point um, with regards to what you just said. In Germany and France, use this presentation style and the attitude of the teachers and the students are, this is the information. I have the information that you need. I don't care if you're entertained or not. You need to listen and you need to retain this. So, they're not really into, culturally, they're not really into trying to make it engaging and try to insist that the students learn. It's like they spit the facts, and if you want to, like you know, sure. soak it up, then you do. <laughs> so exactly. Just wanted to throw that point out there. I agree. Okay, so I think we pretty much touched on that, Sadu. Thank you for, you know, um, your insight on that. And true enough, you were a real testament of what um, 
how, what it meant, you know, to work with them and helping them get through their problematic situations. And you could see the people getting flustered and they were embarrassed and the, it delayed, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the conversation or the engagement. So great, great job mm -hmm. on those points. So um, we also had communication, um, which was also an issue, um, which, again, uh, is, is something that is important when you're dealing with a group, especially a group like us that's coming across. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure all of us felt thirsty to yeah. to know what they had to say, whatever insight yeah. um, that they could provide. So, Delisa, um, communication. What do you, you know, hi highlight us on the communication perspective of of the uh, the experience of the study abroad. Yes, the communication skills as it pertains to the PowerPoints was really off because they said everything that was on their slides. They could have just put the highlighted the points and then elaborated on them, but they went so much into just reading. They printed off their slides and they just read it from their hands. So you could look up and you could just see what they're saying. It didn't make much sense. I think they should have did a little more research into the American culture and how we do slides, and then they wouldn't have stumbled and it wouldn't have been so uninteresting. It was just like you sit there, and half of what they're saying, you have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys remember the TV show Wonder Years? And the guy mm -hmm. named Kevin used to—he uh, was the main character in the movie, in the TV show. And he used to have this teacher that used to speak in this one monotone voice. And it would just be like, lam, 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 lam. <laughs> and it's, just, it's weird. It's like the presenter, you know, and I don't know if it's a cultural thing. And like you said, Tracy, about um, a lot of the approach taken, which is, it appears is very, like, you know, more so like a lecturing type of format when it comes to education. You know, um, I think uh, the Licio points you're making, and I'm going to just say this, even though we're both, you know, there was a mixture of graduate and undergraduate, because actually on this call right now, Tracy and I are in graduate, uh, graduate track, and Delisa and Sadie, you guys are undergrad. But even though we're students, most of us are already working towards our career choices or in the direction, possibly with the companies or, it, you know, like me, I have my own business. So it's not just, you know, um, like, you know, a lecture type approach. Mm -hmm. I think, and this could be my perspective only, but I don't think that that was the only approach that we were initially anticipating. I'm also looking from an entrepreneurial perspective or a possible lateral move in a career perspective, talk to me like you're trying to recruit me. You know what I'm saying? Give me things that's going to allow me to feel excited about what's going on, because we're coming to your neck of the woods. You know what I'm saying? What do you, what do you think, Sadu? What do I think about what? About what we're saying in regards to the communication perspective. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, the communication skill. Uh, the point is like, I was. Go ahead. What I think, the communication skill. I think maybe they're different. The way they communicate, maybe the way we communicate in U.S. is better. Because if you remember, guys, one day we're having class and we have a guest from a student from a, the the Strasbourg University. You remember the club who come to our class? Yes. And mm -hmm. they say they never see class like this. The, the lecture we have for, with, with the professor, they say they don't have this kind of lecture. The one they have is very boring. The one we have, they say that's what they say. I mean, Sadie, how do you really feel about it? I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. They say, they say the, the lecture they have at the university is very boring. And the class is <laughs> real class. I think I think that's the system is not the same. I think you have better system education than, than what they have. That's the why they are problem with communicate with US students. Because in US we communicate better. And the guys I wouldn't necessarily say it's better. It's just different. I was gonna say the same thing. 
What means different, guys? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little example. Look at the bad customer service. The one you have in the U.S. is different than we have over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, but you know, but okay. So, but this is the thing: it, is does different mean better, or does different mean just diverse? Is this a, is, is just yeah, a different I think, aspect? I think, I, I, I think the, the is, is better because I think the, the, in US the, the customer is somebody, you know, and over there they don't care. So if you remember the day we we, we go to the, the restaurant and they, they do mistake in your in your credit card, you see the guy how he was talking first. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Let's. Okay. So let's take off this. Okay. So let's bring Tracy and Delisa and everybody up to speed on this. Cause Sadie, you was my little Robin Hood knight in armor in this little situation. I think it was what the third or fourth day we were there. We were in the center of Strasbourg and we went on a tour. After the tour, we all broke up and went different areas. And so a group of us ended up at the same restaurant and we decided to go and eat. And I think this was the first day um, mm-hmm. I actually had used my card. To make a purchase, so Strasbourg, uh, Germany, France, um, Spain are on a euro as far as currency. Switzerland is on a Swiss franc, and like the UK is on a British pound. So there's the euro is is predominantly the currency in Europe, but um, of course our American dollar is less than everybody's <laughs> right now. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, the conversion of, you know, on average euros about a, for one U.S. dollar, um, excuse me, for one euro, you pretty much are paying a dollar twenty U.S., right? So I ordered my food, paid for my food. I got my receipt and um, found out, and this is another thing, and this is the learning curve, some of the things you learn, but I tipped, we left a tip. And so what I decided to do is I didn't have a lot of physical cash. It was four of us that sat at the table. So I took all cash and I paid with my card. And I, I kept the cash of everybody in the group that contributed for their bill. So I paid on my card. So it came out to like 69 euros, right? So when it converted, I just so happened to log into my card that night. And when I logged into my card, it appeared on my bill, on my statement for like $94. $94. And I said, okay, something is terribly wrong because the conversion amount is nowhere near that high. So um, the predominant speaking, uh, the, the, the wait staff and the, the, wait, the, uh, the restaurant was predominantly French. And my French is, is, is here to hit and miss. I can say so much and so much I can't say. <laughs> so I asked Sadu to go accompany me back to the restaurant to try to find out what happened. So sure enough, Sadie and I, we made it back to the restaurant. We got there, and I think, Sadie, we approached the manager, if I'm not mistaken. And so yes. Sadie told the guy, and y'all hear Sadie's voice. Y'all hear his, his conversation right now, so y'all going to get a full picture of this. <laughs> Tracy. So Sadie approached the manager. He was like, yeah. He's like, guy, you know, uh, she paid for her food, and the amount of the food, the amount of the check, and the amount of her credit card does not add up. And the guy was like, no, we, we charge the amount. And that's how much it was. So Sadie was like, but what is it on her credit card statement and what it turned out to be, and the conversion rate was way too high for it to add up. So Sadie, how did the guy respond to you? Now Sadie did get kind of like Sadie speaks very direct and he can't amp his voice a little bit. So he was a little loud. So the guy was looking at him like, dude. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> So Sadie, how did he communicate to you? Yeah, they tell me that's the bank, that's the bank. And I tell him, there's no way. You guys know what you're doing. He said, no, that's the bank. Whatever you're supposed to deal, deal with your bank. And that's it. No attack of cutting drive. Yeah, customer service, yeah. Sir, we're sorry, we, you need to do this, do that. No, call your bank. That's what he tell me. Call your bank. That's your bank. I don't have nothing to do with this. Man, I said, yeah. It's not the way we do it in U.S. So, and so, uh, so what ended up happening? So, did, did they did they give it back or? No, they, 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 what ended up happening? I contacted my card and I actually allowed a few days to go by, 
it took about three days still because after the like the day after it happened and two days after it was still reflecting that higher amount and honestly i don't know if he did anything to make it change but eventually what ended up happening is it did convert and come back down you see but okay yeah so i don't know if he actually went back in in the system but do his communication and the aspect of it approaching it was very you know he was like like you like like say you said go up to your bank we're not even addressing it i had the receipt i tried to provide him the receipt so look if you needed to go back and see because the, the way the girl did it she kicked me out on her own little uh visa hub thing right her own little terminal and um i didn't include the tip inside of the checkout so the, my first thought is like man she just tipped us up like 25 dollars. <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying so we were also trying to address that and really and truly the way the communication of it it was like no i, I we're not doing anything wrong there's nothing here nothing and he just kind of cut and dry and let it go so say dude like you say I, you know there's difference i, I mean you can there's some places you go in the u.s and, and have an issue and confront somebody and you can still get that same result you know what I mean? So it's not, uh, not not necessarily geographical determines how somebody, um, you know, it's not just a, a full rule of thumb. But I will admit, guys, and you let me know what you think about this. The one thing that I will say, I saw a big difference in Germany and France. Let's say you say, hey, I got an idea. I want to do something. You approach a German about you know, uh, taking an initiative with something and say, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Let's put it, let's, let's meet, let's do it. You go to the French and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this idea. I got this idea. I got this concept. They say, you know what, let's meet for tea, for coffee, and let's talk about what it is. It's, it's, it's not the same reaction. So they do communicate yeah. differently in different regions. Delisa, what do you Definitely. think? Does that, does that pretty much add up to your thoughts in regards to that? aspect as you're talking about the communication side of it itself yeah i think the germans take more time to cater to their audiences than the french so even when we went to german places their presentations were more lively more engaging than what we what we encountered in france so they actually took the time to research your audience and those kind of stuff absolutely I agree. I think um, one of the biggest things that you also have to realize, too, is that um, you are in a different area. And what may come off as an attitude or, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, a person, they communicate differently. And, 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 I mean, you can live in Atlanta and travel to New York. And you're going to see a difference in regards to possibly how somebody talks to you or approaches you. Because typically in the South, people might be more prone to speak to everybody. When you're passing them on the street, you know, um, you're in a cafe versus possibly Chicago, New York, it may not be the same experience in that area. So even from an international perspective, I think that we also should try to leave room sometimes to adapt. And I'm going to be honest with you, from a perspective of us as U.S. citizens, Sometimes we'll have the attitude to go somewhere else and think that people need to adapt to what we're accustomed to, you know, versus us, you know, conforming to being in a different area. That's true. Yes, no, maybe so. Tracy? I agree. I agree. The only, I think that um, when it comes to the presentations, though, I, I strongly feel that it is a cultural thing as to, as to the presentation style. But yeah. later on, when I talk about the hospitality and, and what I notice with hospitality, um, I, I think that that's the part they could have done more research on. Because in, in terms of communication, I also wanted to make the point that their language skills were amazing. For someone to be speaking two and three, languages yes. to present to an American yes. audience, I really appreciated how how well they spoke and how well they communicated. The other part of it though, the communicate where I thought the communication was lacking was grabbing the attention of the audience. And that's the whole cultural thing. I think they just don't care about it. That's it. Exactly. Adapt to it and <laughs> with it. 
Right. I got the knowledge, you listen, and that's it. Absolutely. Well, you know what, guys? We're going to take a quick commercial break. And uh, straight to say, we're going to come back and, and, and talk a little bit about um, hospitality and what that experience was like for us um, here. And we're live on Loudmouth Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Earn a degree from an accredited university. Today, why don't you find out about what you would like to do as higher education? Consider DeVry University, a school that's backed with over 80 years of experience in providing technology and business-based higher education. You can enter a competitive job market by earning a degree from an accredited university. DeVry also gives you the opportunity for in-class and online flexible distance learning options and degree programs that provide you the skills and the convenience that you want. An accredited university provides you the status and the recognition and the credentials that you need. Find out more online at devry.edu. Okay, we're back. Student Perspective on Studying Abroad, International Business and Technology. And we're live with my special guests, Tracy Ann Williams, Delisa Harris, and Sadu Bokum, and myself, Sonny, um, as your panel host tonight. Uh, we're all current students of the Ryan Keller Graduate School of Management. We're all studying in different university locations. I'm actually online. So uh, this has been a wonderful show thus far. We're talking about our own perspective of returning from an international study abroad, which was uh, set up for us to go in Strasbourg, France. And we had an opportunity to uh, go to our neighboring country of Germany, as well as to uh, network with some, some individual and privately owned companies and government. And that was an awesome opportunity for us to get a highlight of what it is to do business prospectively or to work for these companies abroad and international um, opportunities and networking and business. So today, uh, we're really trying to talk about some of the things that we experienced doing our study abroad. And Tracy is uh, going to give our, our final topic of tonight, which is uh, the experience of hospitality. Um, Tracy, would you would elaborate more on uh, our international business experience from the hospitality perspective? Sure. So the thing that I noticed um, most uh, are the differences between France and Germany and what we're used to in America. The comfort level of the meetings varies. Number one, it was really, really hot, and supposedly it was the most hottest summer that they've ever seen in a hundred years or something crazy. And they're not used to those kinds of accommodations. They don't drink ice. They don't use ice in their beverages. They don't believe in air conditioning. And I think part of that is because they're just not used to it being that hot. That being said, we were uncomfortable a lot of times. The meetings were hot and stuffy. We, they, we were thirsty, mostly in France. They they don't really, culturally, I guess, they don't really offer beverages or any kind of refreshment. Um, in both countries, it was a very long presentation. And like Delissa mentioned earlier, they read every single bullet point and elaborate on every single point on the PowerPoint. So just that alone, the fact that it wasn't engaging made it kind of uncomfortable. And I sure. noticed, another thing I noticed, too, um, the presentations in Germany, even though they were, I don't want to say boring, but even though they weren't as engaging, I noticed that they did a lot of research and they had a lot of points and um, they elaborated a lot on their, on each point that they needed to make, whereas in France it wasn't, the presentations weren't that elaborate. Um, what else did I notice? In, in, oh, yeah, another thing is in Germany, they always had, like, little orange juices and little waters and mineral waters on the table for us, sometimes coffee and tea. Um, in France, that never happened, maybe once. Okay. It's, it's a changer of commerce. So those are just little differences that I noticed. 
great perspective. Um, so to speak on what you just mentioned, and I, I had to laugh a little bit because um, mm -hmm. the truth to the matter, uh, Tracy, it, it actually was uh, record-breaking, not only in Europe, but there was a lot of areas across the world that was experiencing abnormal heat. And, you know, like you said, true to the matter, look, there's something seriously different in regards to the weather conditions. But I would say that, you know, just from a hospital, you know, just like you welcome somebody to your house, we were sitting there thirsty in our throat, sleepy in our eyes, because it was warm in the rooms, and it is never a good mix to have slides, heat, and no water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a setup for failure. But, you know, it wasn't every single location. We did have, uh, I remember what we did when we went to the Chamber of Commerce, um, mm -hmm. they did have, like, pretzels and water and juice on the tables, even though it felt kind of, it was, like, sitting behind us, so it kind of felt like you don't touch this till I'm done. <laughs> I, think. I remember I that visit. Else. Yes. I remember that visit, and I think um, we were talking about this before. I think it, it had to do with Benedict, the the lady presenter. She mm -hmm. was yes. working in America for years. I think she said like twenty something years, and so mm -hmm. I think she brought some of that hospitality back with her, um, uh -huh. just because yes. she knew. Right, and they did have a little. They actually had a little bit of air in that particular location. Right, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But prior to us coming there, and I'm gonna tell you, I, that was the one. That, that was one of the days when I could have put two picks and nailed my eyelids to the top of my skull, honey. When I tell you, my eyes was flapping and I could not keep them open. It was horrible. That <laughs> I remember. We were somewhere prior to that. Um, meeting. I can't remember. We went to more than one place that particular day, and yeah, it was after like lunch. many of those days. Okay, so that's twofold. So when, first, we went somewhere. I think we went on a tour. Then we went to lunch, and then we walked like we were doing ninety-five percent of the time with extreme heat. And by the time we got there, the food, the heat, all of it came piling down. And then you come somewhere where it actually was that their area was a little more comfortable, so they it wasn't it wasn't really really hot in there. It was a wrap. I I could not. I heard the beginning parts in the middle. I mean, it was horrible. I was falling all over the chair. I almost spilled mm -hmm. water on my iPad. It was just that bad. I felt mm -hmm. I, I I just could not seem to, you know, stay coherent. And um, <laughs> you know, honestly, for real. I think that what you're saying is very true about, um, you know, the, the the situation is that a lot of the times the beverages are not even chilled. They're room mm -hmm. temperature. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Delisa, what was your take on that? I think it's just something they're accustomed to that you have to come and you have to sit there and you have to listen to their whole presentation. <laughs> and if they decide to offer you water when you're finished, you get water. Mm -hmm. It's just the way they do it in France. Even in Germany, you could see the difference because we didn't even expect that some companies would invite us to stay for lunch. They had arranged just without us knowing. That's true. So like, That's true. Yeah, so they took it upon themselves to extend more. So it was like they're more welcoming. As in France, you just go sit and then they tell you what's on the slides and then they tell you bye bye. In right. Germany, they were more engaged. They came, you they laughed with you, they sat with you, they ate lunch with you, they asked you about where you're from, and right. and you felt like they cared. Yeah, I agree. It was more engaging. Yeah, I agree too. Mm -hmm. I agree too. But Germany, there was more welcoming than French, and there was more. More good, more everything was different. And you see, all the time we go to Germany, they do the the best they can do. My French, I think they're lazy. Yeah. I think French they're lazy. No, they <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they're not lazy. It's just different. Uh, because you know what? I think they're lazy. Just they're lazy. No, I, just, I, don't I think, think so. I think Germans just have a different business. I said because you know when we walked into Germany, you, you could tell 
everybody is working because of the yes. way they dress. In France, That's a good point. They had no, a different presentation, even as what they wear, you think, um, okay, I'm going just to a normal hanging out function. But mm-hmm. in fact, you walk in, you see the ladies in their business, I mean, in Germany, you see the ladies in their business suits, the men in their business attire. But when you go yeah. in France, it's different. No, friends, they're lazy. They're lazy, guys. Just lazy. No. no I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. Let, let me finish, Tracy. Look at, at between between one and two, everything is closed in French. You go to the pharmacy, they say they're closed. It's lunchtime. It happened to me. I'm, I, on Monday, I go to the pharmacy. Between one and two, they say it's closed. It's lunchtime. Mm-hmm. The doctor, they that closed. Happened. Uh, that happened to us many times. You know what? Trying to get lunch. Look at, look at, on Sunday everything. Oh, uh, but let me tell you something. But see, listen, too hard. That's not. That's not even about being lazy. Because let me tell you something, Sadie. Another thing too, when it is time for them to close, they close. They do not care if you have. They close. But you know, I think that's really a cultural thing. Like, like, let me tell you, for instance, like if you go to Mexico, for instance. They have, uh, you know, listen, hard workers get up at the crack of dawn, will work at the end of the day. They'll give you 10, 12, 14 hours. But when mm-hmm. it's time for siesta, siesta is a break. Like, I break 30 minutes, an hour lunch. No, honey, let me tell you something. Siesta in, in, in the Latino, in the Latin, the Latino mm-hmm. community, two mm-hmm. or three hours. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm mm-hmm. going to sleep. I'm relaxing. I'll come back, but I'm going siesta. So when I say I'm going to siesta, don't look for me for two or three hours. So I think it's really a cultural difference. I don't, I don't want us to just sound like saying that we just slamming the, you know, the French like they just lazy. I, I, I don't think that that's really a, a, the best perspective to give. <laughs> it's your opinion, but I do feel that you know the approach is just different. That's the, that's the cultural difference. I, I call lazy. That's that's the difference. And there you have it. This is yeah, the point is like, <laughs> if, 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 you, if you see, uh, German, they like the U.S. German, they like U.S. They do. I a lot think of that. Do, a lot of things they do, they do like the U.S. My French, they, 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 I don't know. You know, it's like, when I was talking to one lady, I told her, this time, how we can find a pharmacy point say, no, everything is closed. How everything, it can be closed between one and two. If somebody asks me, what are you going to do? Bleed. You just gotta wait and bleed. Wait fifteen more minutes. I think that um, hope, I think that has bleed, to do. You know, I think that has to, to do down. culturally with their work-life balance. Because even yeah. I was talking to Marina about it, and she said, yeah, it's annoying for French citizens too, especially as a young person. You want to go out with your friends, you can't. You got to plan everything. Nothing is random because everything is going to be closed. But that also, if you're a worker in France, I think it goes to it's for your advantage. You just kind of, you don't have to work as hard. Everybody's always, you know, chilling and relaxing and stuff closes early. So if I worked at the Simply, I'd be happy. You get off at 6 o'clock on Saturdays, you off on Sundays, 8.30, you out during the week. And also, you're right, and remember too, guys, right, and remember too now, remember when we got there, they told us this is their holiday time. So a lot of things yeah. were closing early. A lot of things were closed, period, and would not open until, like, the latter, like, this time of the month, which would be the time that they would go back in, which is kind of like school. It was almost, it seemed like to me it was almost like a school break, like a summer break. I'm not accustomed. We're not really accustomed to seeing a community or a whole city, you know, not that the city just shut down completely, but, like, the nightlife, they were only open Fridays and Saturdays, uh-huh. you know, um, the, the the clubs and stuff like that uh, primarily was Friday and Saturday. And I, I honestly say that from my own perspective, I think that that was a regional thing. You know, Strasbourg, which is where we predominantly uh, reside, we stayed in Strasbourg and we were there majority of the time. Strasbourg, remember, is about 300,000 residents that are in the city. Um, they have over 55,000 students, you know, so the student body is a big perspective of probably think about it it probably drives a lot of the economy it probably Uh also determines how businesses operate because if the students are out of school and people are traveling during that time period 
It probably uh-huh. is more cost effective for them to close by a certain time. They probably, you know, got seasonal. Like how we are, we have seasons even in the U.S. When the Christmas time and stuff rolls around, stores are open much later. People are more willing to, you know, have, you know, their attitudes are different. You know, in the wintertime, it starts getting darker early. People don't want to be sitting up in their place at 6 o'clock. Everybody wants to shut down and go home. In the summertime, you have longer days, so people are more prone to, you know, longer hours. So I don't think it's that much different than what we have here. It's just the approach and maybe the, you know, like I said, again, a lot of times we'll go into other areas, other communities, and we'll try to, we'll try to make another community or another body of people conform to what we're accustomed to. And honestly, this trip and the whole involvement of it is for us to have a different perspective. Let's learn and see how people do things in their own communities and what they do differently, how they live differently. Um, And I will say this, I saw a big difference when it came to what we see in America. I didn't see as many homeless people you know, that I see in the U.S., you know, okay. talking to our, one of our hosts, um, Uli, and she shared with us about, um, you know, France, education, and health care. She was like, we care about our citizens. Humanity mm-hmm. is important to us as a country. So mm-hmm. education-wise, majority of us on this phone, by the time we finish school, we're going to be in debt anywhere from 20 to hundreds of thousands of dollars to secure mm-hmm. and pro- provide ourselves with an education versus mm-hmm. we're sitting in a country where we had an opportunity to sit with other students that were from that country who sit there will tell you either I paid zero for my education or maybe a thousand dollars for the entire year. Mm-hmm. So guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we're going to wrap this thing up real quick. Hold on tight. We're listening to Loudmouth Radio. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Hi, my name is Carolyn McKenzie. I'm founder and president of Mental Health in the African-American Community. Suicide claims about 40,000 lives every year in the United States. Traditionally, African-Americans have felt that suicide wasn't as much of a problem as it is in other communities. However, a pattern has emerged among African-Americans that could contradict reports of low suicide rates among blacks. Mental Health in the African-American Community is a national nonprofit organization based in Stockbridge, Georgia. I started this agency because my niece had a mental breakdown and stabbed me and killed herself. We are doing something. Every Monday night, we have an open discussion called Let's Talk About It. Please come check us out at 125 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 121B in Stockbridge, Georgia. For more information, call 770-873-4496. That's 770-873-4496. Or visit our website, mhiaac.org, mhiaac.org. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Okay, guys, we're back. Student Perspective on Studying Abroad, International Business and Technology. My special guest, Tracy Delisa Sadu. We have had an amazing panel today to discuss our perspective and experience of being in Strasbourg, France, and various aspects and areas of Germany. And um, I just want to just give an opportunity for you guys to really just uh, touch on um, whatever you would like to kind of say in conclusion of your experience as a student. And, you know, do you feel like it's, you know, what, what did you gain from this experience? Um, and if we would give everybody about a minute or so to speak, and, and we'll go ahead and close it on out. Who did Delisa? you want to go first? Oh. Hello? Tracy, Delisa, Hello? either one. Anybody can go ahead. Yes. All right, I'll go first. Um, what I gained from the experience, well, I learned a lot about working in teams and uh, leadership and just firsthand what it feels like to be put into a group of adults that are completely different. Everyone has a completely different view. So what I took took from it, it was like, wow, you know, not everybody thinks like you. As a matter of fact, nobody thinks like you. (laughs) That's what I learned. (laughs) That's definitely true. Everybody was so different, and you could hear different Mm-hmm. Um, aspects on different subjects and you were like I never thought about it that way 
So it was really mm-hmm. good just being among so many people. And then you had the professor who knew so mm-hmm. much on international business that he could give you an in-depth mm-hmm. look on how business is done globally. So that was really something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sadu, what, um, what do you have? Uh, a lot of experience about people, about American culture, you know, and about like a, how we think. And it was very, very good for me because, you know, it was like, I don't know how they select people, maybe having like, a, it was very, very selective because I see a lot of things I didn't know about American, about, you know, other people. That was very, very good for me. Literally, literally, that was very, very good for me. And uh, that was good too because, you know, I learned something new about Germany. French, I know before. I learned mm-hmm. a lot thing about German and how they handle things. I know the, 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 the roots of America is German. Say that last part again, Saidu. I believe the roots of America is German. Is German. Because the way German, they handle things, is like the way American handles a lot of things. I think the first people who come to U.S. was German. Good point. And, and, and you know, guys, what, what's amazing is that Strasbourg, to give a little history, Strasbourg has turned hands from French to German multiple times, yeah. which is now mm-hmm. considered a French jurisdiction. Um, and I think it's a gateway. Strasbourg is a, a, it's a wonderful space, a wonderful place. It's a gateway for, mm-hmm. I believe, international relations. Um, I used to yeah. live in Nantes, which is like three hours out of Paris in the north part of France, over 14, mm-hmm. almost 14 years ago. And I could see a difference from, you know, the uh, exposure of Strasbourg versus other parts of France. Um, yes. So one one perspective I think that is important that I want to do um, as we kind of wrapping this up, um, you know, French and Germany, and, and this is more of a longevity perspective in history, but, you know, the U.S. was built on so many aspects of European influence. So majority of the things that we see and experience have, have been transcendent. Germany uh, does have a dual education system, which they actually teach German and English to their students. So majority of the people in Germany are more adapt to you know, the Europe, you know, uh, American uh, dialect or, or ways and, and have more yeah. conformity. But the French, don't get it twisted, the French also have, um, have openly embraced a lot of things about American culture. And believe me, living, you know, in the, in the country for a period of time, that French do love. So, you know, I think overall, I just wanted to take these last few uh, minutes to thank our host, um, you know, Marina, who was our tour guide. She was wonderful. Um, she did a lot of things. Yeah. She she endured a lot dealing with 14, yep. 15 people, different personalities. It's not easy. Yeah. So we tip, our, we tip our hat off to her. We also want to thank Harold and Uli, who were um, so the Patellis, which is in Strasbourg, is a wonderful chateau. I, I, I acknowledge and tell anyone if you're in Strasbourg to, to definitely stay there and have an opportunity to stay in an 18th century chateau, which has a lot of rich history. And we want to thank the U.S. Consulate um, who hosted us, Amy there. Uh, we also had an opportunity to go to Collier. Um, that group was wonderful, the Chamber of Commerce and Industry in Strasbourg. Um, Huber, which is in Germany, Collier Paper Mill, um, Jean, uh, Jean Gaulier, the winery, had a wonderful opportunity there. Um, we also had an opportunity to visit um, the International Business District, the European Union, uh, the Council of Europe, uh, um, Mr. Keller at the uh, Ministry of Education at Baden-Württemberg. So we just want to thank all of these guys, as well as DeVry University, for allowing us this opportunity uh, as students and as, as individuals to have this experience. So, guys, we're going to wrap tonight. Thank you so much for being wonderful hosts. You have been listening live to Loudmouth Radio, and we're concluding thank this you. show. We just always want to invite everyone to check us out online, 
this show will be available for archive roughly about 10 minutes after we get off air. So you can find us online at loudmouthradio.com and also find oh. us on app Stitcher, which is an over 5 million in-car dashboard system. Look us up, Loudmouth Radio Network. Favor our shows. Follow us. Also on TuneIn Radio, look up Loudmouth Radio Network and follow us there. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Have an awesome evening and good night. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.